TT Pro Talk Podcast, the fastest way to increase your knowledge with the brightest minds of physical therapy in your pocket. Welcome to PT Pro Talk Podcast. I'm Mariana Tondo, your host for today. In this episode, Dr. Edoberto Marques will talk about his career and his experience with the Maitland approach. Dr. Edoberto has been practicing physiotherapy for 26 years, teaching Maitland in Brazil since 2005, and he's also accredited teacher for the Mulligan concept of manual therapy, among many other credentials. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to PT Pro Talk, Dr. Edoberto. How are you feeling today? I'm fine, thank you, Mariana. Thank you your, for your invitation. I'm happy to be here. I'm very glad that you are here with us today. Thank you for accepting my invitation. So, Dr. Edoberto, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your career, and how you got involved with Maitland? Uh, certainly, Mariana. Uh, I'm uh, Edoberto Marques, a Brazilian physiotherapist, graduated in 1994. I've been working with manual therapy since my graduation, or 26 years of professional life. In 1995, I have uh, the opportunity to bring Professor Gordo Cummings from the George University, Brazil. He was a physiotherapist and a master degree in connective tissue. And uh, he was also a teacher of a maintenance concept. In 1995, I took my first international mulligans course in Milwaukee, St. Louis. Uh, for us, it was a new course. That was a no here in Brazil. In 2000, another friend, Palmiro, and I, we took uh, the test for the Mulligan's Concept teacher, and we became the first two teachers with international accreditation the Mulligan's Concept for South America. In 2003, I finished my osteopathic course, and uh, 2007, uh, I concluded the postgraduate course in acupuncture. And uh, as soon as I finished the course, I went to Beijing at the University of Beijing to do a mini residence. And uh, finally, in 2008, I defended a doctoral thesis at the University of Buenos Aires. I developed a treatment protocol for degenerative meniscal injuries. So I, I got involved with the maintenance concept from the first course in 1995. And because in addition to be a student, I was also a translator of this course, and uh, I continue to be translator and assistant in other courses around Brazil. And uh, 2000 to 2002 and 2003, we had I have the the news that our friend Gordon comes passed away. Gordon was a person that I had as a reference, as a human being. And uh, as he taught the art of manual therapy for us, what I do today has a lot of these teachings. Nice, that's very nice. Uh, a lot of experience. I heard about Maitland, Mulligan. I know you are also a Mulligan instructor. Yes. The first one with Palmeiro in Brazil. So I think that's that's awesome. And also I heard about uh, acupuncture in China. Uh, doctorate, uh, osteopathic, that I think here uh, in U.S. it's a little maybe odd for people because 
we know that here physical therapists are not allowed uh, to practice osteopathic. So uh, just to make clear for everybody that is listening to us, um, in Brazil, physical therapists are allowed to do the specialization. Uh, I did as well. Uh, so I think it's a very beneficial technique that uh, we are allowed to use in Brazil that we are not allowed to use here. So that's that's very impressive, Dr. Edoberto. Uh, um, a long career, long path, a lot of different courses and experience. I'm sure you have a lot to add here to teach us and um, I'm, I'm very grateful that you accept also the challenging of being here speaking in English yes. so yeah I really appreciate that um, yes. so that's, uh, that is, it's very important to note Marianne that uh, I, I was talking I was taking those courses uh, along of my career because I was very uh, the, the necessity to to treat patients so I, I, I never took a course because the name of the course. I, I took the course because I was, I was not prepared to treat patients. So I tried to find new techniques to, mm -hmm. to have the most, the, 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 the most techniques for my patients. That's the yes. reason I, I, I took those courses. Yeah, so that, I think that that is everything. We just have to be seeking for more knowledge so we can offer a, a better care for our patient and i think that's all about it's not like one technique but you you are able to treat the different scenarios the different yes. uh, the different patients that come in so i think having this ability and you are also developing um your your analysis your assessment so you can identify which patient is going to fit with that technique which patient is going to be better right. with that other yes um, that's the point so yeah, I think that's that's great. I think uh, yeah, I'm really impressed. Moving forward, um, when did you begin uh, teaching Maitland, and what caused your attraction specifically to Maitland? Well, I, I started teaching uh, Maitland's course in Brazil in 2005. The first name was called Mini Residence Maitland's Concept. The same title that Professor Gordo Cummings brought to Brazil. After his death, he had, uh, we had no one who taught in Brazil. And uh, at some point, some friend asked me, uh, why don't you teach maintenance concept? So I thought, well, could be a good idea. So after 10 years working with patient, practicing the concept, I started teaching the maintenance concept this day. And uh, what makes me the attraction to Maitland? Uh, well, Maitland's concept was for me an awakening of new knowledge because I was very lucky to study this concept as soon as I was graduated from college. Yeah. I, I don't know what the teaching model is at American uh, Physiotherapy College, but uh, here in Brazil, uh, the model that they teach us at the college is a biomedical model. In other words, when we left college, we, we are neither a, a physiotherapist and nor a doctors because we only learn to deal with uh, red-made protocols of beautiful names, such as bursites, uh, tendonites, etc. Only pathological names. In my point of view, uh, patients are not seen holistically. 
only segmented in, in, in this kind of model, in biometric mm -hmm. model. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I started to study the maintenance concept, that was still in college, I bought the first book, Maintenance Vert Multiplication, fifth edition, I never forget. And I saw that was, uh, there was another world outside the, that one I was living in. I put in my head at that moment that uh, it was what I want to my professional life. Oh, this is my, I tried to follow this. So the, the maintenance concept provides us uh, with broad view of new ideas and what's important for me, freedom of thought. There are no protocols uh, that attract me to continue practicing this concept until this day. Yeah, that's nice. And I think not having protocols, it's, it's nice because allow you to think with an open mind about everything. So you don't, you're not stuck on that technique and needs to be like yeah. this, this, that is how you have to execute the technique and your, uh, and I think assessment is, is, is very important because that, um, having a good assessment, we already talked about this on this podcast. Yeah. That changed the whole approach, the whole treatment, because if you can assess, you can treat. So having this open mind and not having protocols for sure helps you to develop your thinking process. Um, and also this approach that is a uh, more holistic, you see the body as a whole, uh, comparing to just looking at different segments. Yeah. I think that's great than just just learning very specifically each technique and at each each segment. So I think that's very uh, valuable. That's the reason that you, you, we we work in private in, in private clinic and we treat just one patient each time, not a group yeah. of patients. Yeah. So that's that's the reason that's the reason the, the our profession treats one patient at each time and not a group of patients. Mm -hmm. So we need, we need to know né, this kind of uh, assessment and the specific treatment for each patient, not protocols. And that develop us as physical therapists. And we are talking about before here about this topic as well. Here I see a lot of big clinics. And I think in Brazil, having one-on-one -on -one treatment is more common than here that we have, it's all, all about insurance and all about money, uh, yeah. that we have to see patients as, group, as groups. So I feel lucky that I could see patients one-on-one since I graduated and I can develop my thinking and my way of assessing and treating. And you can test some things and see what it, what, how it works and what works. Yes. So you, you become a better physical therapist than just having to give exercises to groups and you can spend a lot of time with each individual patient um, to really understand what's happening to them. So I think that makes the, all the difference in the world. Um, okay, uh, so we are talking here about Maitland. So I'm sure some people uh, never heard about it or don't know exactly how Maitland works. So could you define Maitland and its indications and benefits? Sure. 
uh, of course, my own definition is not from the book. <laughs> uh, the main concept for me is a kind of philosophy of know knowing how to think and act. Uh, it's a kind of concept that started in 1950 in Australia by a physical therapist named called Geoff Douglas Maitland. He was considered one of the most brilliant physiotherapists due to his way of thinking, which was advanced for that time and uh, uh, the time he, he lived. The important point of view, we have to see how the concept works. The Maitland's concept is based on clinical assessment. It's divided in two, in two parts, important parts, a subjective exam and objective exam. Uh, a kind of uh, diagnosis he called the comparable signal. In a specific point, they call decision-making. A treatment that's divided in five uh, grades of treatment and uh, analytical assessment and home exercise. Uh, the clinical assessment is based on clinical reasoning. Uh, moreover, uh, clinical reasoning is found in all times of the concept. So, the thought process would be the whole assessment process until determining the, physical, the physiotherapeutic diagnosis, which he called comparable signal. The act would be the application of the best technique selected for the evaluated patient. Talking about indication, we could say that same for orthopedic trauma physical therapy, signing symptoms involving neuromusculoskeletal system the main uh, sign symptoms involved. For me, the great benefit is being able to make less mistakes with this assessment system and uh, uh, to control the application of the technique with the analytical assessment. And that's the, the, the resume of the definition of a maintenance concept. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes back again to assessment. So. Yeah. Uh, I see from, from what you're saying that it's a lot about uh, assessment and uh, this the clinical uh, reasoning and thinking uh, to be able to figure out what's, what's happening with the patient that we are uh, treating, not the specific body part we are treating. So um, I think that's very interesting, this, this Maitland approach. And again, it comes from Australia. What a what a, a great place to be on the last yes, century. Most, <laughs> most, most of the manual steps that you know today comes from Australia yeah. and New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. that's a, a very special place, I would say. Very special, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you, we, uh, we talked about this, this kind of uh, subject. If you see, if you open the, the, the maintenance book, uh, you're gonna see more than a half of the book is talking about assessments, or, or uh, a must of theory, a philosophy. Um, he dedicated a low, uh, a few, a few pages for treatments. It's not a, a, a concept for techniques, only techniques. Mm -hmm. Most mm -hmm. of for uh, how you can interview the patient, how can achieve, né? The, I can assess, uh, right? Like how, yeah. You, you can find the cause of the problem in the patient. Mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that's the reason. That, that's the main point. This whole assessment, okay? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, and again, I can't stress enough how I I believe that that's uh, that's why we should focus on on providing a good assessment uh, and understanding what's happening to our patient and just jumping right to the treatment, trying to fix something that we don't really know yeah. what is the, the 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 cause of that problem. Uh, so what's happening? What's what's behind of this pain or it's, the symptoms, exactly. the patient symptoms? Right. Exactly, they are just symptoms, right? They, are, they doesn't mean that because you feel pain on your shoulder is because something is going on in your shoulder. We should mm. see where it's coming from, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so now um, I'm sure you had great uh, outcomes using the the, the Maitland approach. But do you have any remarkable outcome uh, using Maitland that you would like to tell us about? Yes, I have one case and I'll talk about her. I have uh, I have several good results and almost 26 years <laughs> working with this concept, the other's concept, of course, but that's the my my cornerstone of the the assessment cornerstone. Uh, as I said earlier, the, the, this concept has its indication for neuromusculoskeletal problems. Okay. Uh, however, uh, the application is much more than this. Uh, I always try to follow uh, some uh, maintenance orientation, uh, and you can see um, in some pages of this book. If you think about when a patient comes to us with any symptoms, and usually he comes in pain. That's the that's mm -hmm. the point. Uh, the first question we should ask: What's the cause of this pain? As you, you said just uh, uh, just just now. Uh, because if I don't ask that question, you go treat the pain site. We certainly not treating the cause of the problem, the patient problem. That's why the assessment, the subjective exam, is the most important item. We had uh, yesterday, two days before, an interview that we talked here in Brazil about the subject exams. Only that. It was mm -hmm. uh, an hour and a half talking about, about this term. <laughs> it was very, very amazing. Many, many things to talk about, just one item, subject yeah. exam. Yeah. It's, the, it, it's very important. It's very important to find out, to find out the, the, the patient problem. Uh, if you think about, we are detective, no? could I say yeah. detective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you are investigating what's going on with the patient. Yes. You gotta have all the tools and everything that you can think and our experience to try to figure out what's going on. I think that's our goal. So, and in, in, in this kind of exam, subjective exam, we find out the patient profile and we go through the assessment. And in this assessment, we have some questions, important questions to ask the patient. The first, of course, the main complaint. What? Why do you come here? What's your problem? Mm -hmm. uh, how it happens? Injury mechanism. It's very important. If it has a mechanical uh, trauma. Uh, clinical history. is very important to ask all other things for the patient. Behavior of the symptoms in 24 hours period. What happened in the last 24 hours? If, uh, how do you wake up? How to go to sleep? If you wake up at night with pain? So 
that's an important question. There is a topic called special question and complementary exams. You see, complementary exams, when you check X-ray, RMI, TC, it's the last, it's the last topic. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not the first. Some, mm -hmm. some colleagues, uh, when a patient comes in, in his clinics, the first thing they, they see is the X-ray. What's the reason to see X-ray the first time? There's no reason. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the special, special question parts is a time to check if the patient has any red or yellow flags. Mm -hmm. Just to divide, to share the patient where he goes to the mechanical uh, direction or the organic or systemic or metabolic direction. Because uh, if he goes to the, this kind of, uh, this kind of problems, uh, certainly you have to, to send this patient to the medical investigation. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, I'll talk about on a patient that I had. It's, I, I think for me, what's the most, is the most important patient that I treat with this, with this concept. Uh, she was a female patient, a 15 years old patient. Uh, she, she comes to me with a low back pain for 30 years. And oh, wow. she had been treated by several doctors and physiotherapists, but the pain never, never disappeared, never go away. Uh, during the assessment, I asked myself, how can a person stay 30 years with a low back pain? And I start the subjective evaluation. Some items when we, we are in this, in this part of the, the, the assessment, we usually mark with asterisk or any other symbol you, you wish, you wish, uh, to identify if something is very important not to, to forget. Uh, I, I remember that I, I marked the, the, she had a gynecological change. She had a myoma at the 30 years old. Coincidence, 30 years old with low back pain and 30 years old with myoma. And to use a Mirena. Mirena is a kind of uh, intrauterine device. Uh, already six years old encapsulate, uh, which would normally be removed the maximum five years of use. You, 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 there's two important points that I found in, in those, in this patient. Second, I usually ask the patient to bring to me blood tests. It's very important to, to see, to check how the chemical process is in, in, in those patients. She had abnormal blood tests many red and white cells, and TSH problems. Uh, at the end of the, the investigation, I talked to her uh, and advised her to find a new gynecologist. She accepted promptly. The consultation uh, with the gynecologist specialized in fibroids was carried out, and he immediately suggested a surgery for removing the fibroids in Mirena. The post-op result uh, was the 30 years old pen went away and the patient said to me, uh, the patient works, my pen disappeared as if it had been taken away with magic. So you see, in this context of the patient, a good evaluation could reach the cause of the patient problem. That's not necessarily be a musculoskeletal. It can be any other cause. In this patient, there was no education for treatment. 
with the physical therapy techniques that's uh, I I never I never touched her with any tech I just I, I just talked to her <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, I just stay in the in the uh, subjective exam yeah and uh, you see a good if it was if it had been done a good medical evaluation uh, certainly this patient wouldn't have had the pain for 30 years so uh, there was an amazing case that I had of this patient. I think that's a good example of how important it is to be trained to uh, perform a good assessment and identify the, the flags, the red flags that are so right, yes. uh, so important to uh, let us let us know if you if you are assessing, if you are facing a mechanical problem or not because if it's not mechanical we can treat them yes so they of course so, and and i think yeah so then you're able to 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 tell the patient uh i can help you that's what you need to do and then you refer the patient to the doctor to go back to the doctor or to do whatever you think that is appropriate in that case um and i think that's that's um incredible because it looks simple, but it's not because this patient no. passed through so many uh, doctors, doctors, so many healthcare professionals on yeah. her 30 years of pain. So I think having the ability to identify uh, these patients that we cannot help and you cannot treat because they're not mechanical, that's the right there is the importance of having uh, a good assessment skills and being trained on an approach or in a system that allows you to screen the patient in the, the correct way and look for these specific signs and clues that we have on the subject, yeah. subjective exam to allow us to help this patient, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, the maintenance here is what, what you, you said, uh, clinical reasoning. Yeah, it's it's the amount it's the amount of knowledge that you acquire along along your life, studying, right, mm -hmm. uh, making taking courses, reading papers. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's how we develop our our skills, skills. and I skills, think that's right. yeah, and that's that should should be our goal: be able to identify what's going on with our patient and help them. We are there to help uh, our patients to deal with their problems and. You have to be trained, and you have to you have the, the, the this ability to do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you? I don't know. In a nice state, has a, 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 the figure of a primary care. Yeah, the the primary care physician. Yes. It's yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a physician, or could be a physical therapist. It, I, I it, think in Australia, a physical therapist could be uh, could be a, a, a primary care. I don't know. Yeah, the, the person with the first contact with the patient. So here it depends on the state. Each state mm. has different uh, rules and regulations. Some okay. states, the patient can go straight to the physical therapist and, and be assessed and treated. Other states, they have like partial direct access that we call. Mm. The patients can, the, the patients can go straight to the, uh, the physical therapist, but at some point, in a specific number of visits or time, they have to have the doctors refer to continue the treatment. 
And okay. in some states, they don't have any direct access. You you have to have the doctor's referral. So the patient needs to pass through the doctor first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in Brazil, officially, you don't have this kind of primary yeah. care. Uh, but uh, most patients are looking for uh, uh, an old and a good physical therapist because, unfortunately, you, you don't have uh, the most of uh, the medical physician diagnosis is not very good. You just found uh, diagnosis from uh, images, yeah? X-ray, mm -hmm. MI, and the whole uh, medical evaluation is not being done here. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think assessing functionally the patient is the key, and that's why a lot of these approaches they don't. They always say like, don't worry too much about the the image, the X-ray, the MRI. You have to see this patient moving, and first, of course, first you have to have a good assessment and screen this patient. And then if you believe that's mechanical and it doesn't have any red flags, you have to move this patient and understand right. what's happening and not green putting lights, all... Green lights, okay, go through. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you see something on the, uh, on the MRI, for example, it doesn't mean that the patient, because he has uh, um, some disc protrusion or some hernia on... on his back, it doesn't mean that he's going to have pain because of that and vice versa. So we have a lot of studies showing that people that have problems, they don't have symptoms. And right. some people that have pain, they don't, they, the, the exam doesn't pain. show anything. So yes. it's not like, a, um, it's not something that is certain. So I think most important is our physical exam. And so yeah. many doctors, Oops. clinicians, even physical therapists, uh, are not trained to do this functional exam. So I think that uh, after the assessment, that's the, the, the other very important point that we should be trained as physical therapists to be able to perform correctly. And again, being the main point, trying to understand what's going on with the patient through tests, right? Yes. So that's that's what we we uh, as physical therapists should, should do. Should do, right. Perfect. <laughs> Moving on with Maitland, could you talk about uh, Maitland's strengths and weaknesses? Uh, okay, uh, well, uh, we assume that all techniques are good, are excellent, and each one has its particularity for the person who, who analyzes it. Uh, each has its applicability, that is, each has its direction for specific structure of the human body. The matrix concept, it's important to know, uh, is not a concept of techniques. It is much more than this. It's a concept developing clinical reasoning through a methodical process of subjective and objective evaluation or assessment to determine the cause of the patient problem. So, assessment would be a quality of strength, and uh, the analytical evaluation or assessment is another strength because it controls the application of the technique and immediately evaluates the complex signal. Thus, uh, the result is observed, is observed if it is was positive, negative, or without change. I'll, I'll give you a very simple example. Uh, let's say the patient says that when climbing the stair, he feels pain in his knee. Uh, could be an infrapatellar pain. Thus, my attention is on the angle of the knee 
when the pain starts, where the pain is, and what percent of pain is on the pain scale. That's I write down. That's what we call the component sign for these patients. So uh, I have to have uh, uh, some uh, reference to treat my patients. So I apply the technique, no matter what techniques now, and immediately reevaluate the comparative sinum and check if the result is better, if it is worse, or not change. That's we, we could say that's the most strange part of the matrix concept. Weakness could be the treatment. As it's, it's, as it's a concept that uses passive accessory oscillatory techniques or manipulation, it's, it's seen low in, in scientific evidence, uh, a low, low evidence for some authors when uh, we apply a manual therapy techniques. Yeah, so I think it goes back again to the assessment that we talked about. So yeah. that's one of the strengths. So we already talked about the importance of uh, having, um, being able to perform a good assessment. And, um, and I think having as many options, approaches and techniques as we can is just going to be beneficial for the patient because they're going to be able to solve different, uh, uh, the different situations. So now I just have one more question on this first part. So what does the future look like for you, Dr. Edoberto? For me, I think, uh, I don't know, most of the colleagues, uh, we are, the viral situation will happen worldwide. Uh, I think uh, things just uh, don't just happen. Uh, they have a reason to happen. Uh, the worldwide situation of the virus uh, will bring changes in our areas of human life, I think. And uh, the area of physiotherapy is already shown that the repercussion, the importance of the process of helping in respiratory rehabilitation. This has a ripple effect with the repercussion of other specialties in our profession. The virus only came to enforce the importance of our work in the rehabilitation process and it doesn't matter which area. Thus, I see a very promise, promise future, great credibility for the population and especially for doctors. I don't know what, what happened in the United States, but in Brazil, most of the, uh, we have some, some special, uh, uh, doctor specialists, uh, they don't care much for physical therapists. I think, I think it is what happened worldwide or the virus. Uh, those thoughts will be will be changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, one difference again that we have between the U.S. and Brazil is here we have some respiratory therapists that do this part more specifically. In Brazil, the physical therapists are also trained to do the respiratory treatment and in part of the hospitals. So just for uh, people that are listening to us, they understand that. We have yeah. some difference right there, but in a whole, I believe that we are becoming more and more important as a therapist to, to treat the patient as a whole in the, all the, the areas that they need us, especially on this crisis. A lot of people in pain and the, the, all the, the, the consequences of being sick and, and even people that are not sick, they stay at home. 
they start to get more neck pain, back pain. Yeah. And <laughs> we, we are seeing a lot of people uh, looking for us. And, and another side of this whole crisis that I think it's um, taking us, leading us, is to the telehealth. That's another um, new trend that is coming. So I think we therapists that are trained to assess the patient properly, it doesn't change if you are assessing in person on the subjective part, in person or in telehealth, you are still going to ask that specific questions, the important questions to assess the patient. So I, I, I agree with you and I believe that our, um, our importance as therapists is just going to increase more and more going to this whole crisis that the world is living. And, and, and especially the ones that are trained to help the patient with a good assessment and probably not as hands-on therapy as uh, the, importance, the ones that, that The importance to. of our work to, to help the, the, the patient's life it, 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 is the main, the main point, right? From now, I think from now on, they've tried to looking for more physical therapies uh, to prevent to prevent uh, uh, lesions, I think that mm -hmm. uh, that the focus of the health, huh? the mm -hmm. health uh, pre prevention, that yeah. one one used to to treat disease and not prevention. Yeah, that's the point. The very important point. Yeah, we should be switching to prevention, but. Most people are not very interested in preventing, but no. we hope that the scenario will change soon. That's what we hope, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, Dr. Adalberto, as we transition to the end here, I have uh, three questions that I want to ask you. And the first one is, what is your favorite physical therapy related book or source of information? It could be any article, any paper or any study as well that uh, that you like as a source of information, like as something that you would research and look for? Yeah, well, I, I don't have a, a favorite books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I used to have uh, and research books on clinical anatomy. It's very important for us, physical therapists. Uh, assessment models. I try to, to compose uh, ideas. Yeah. Uh, and the also, I'm always update on scientific articles related to clinical anatomy and the uh, vagus nerves or autonomic nervous system. I'm developing a, a kind of protocol, a treatment that uh, that goes through uh, vagus nerves and autonomic nervous system. And uh, headache, headaches is a point that uh, I, I like to study, and I have we have a group in Brazil that mm -hmm. we treat only headaches and uh, i do update every six months on pubmed and pedro mm -hmm. but i have to mention three books that made me to think better about physiotherapy the first the first books maitland books of course <laughs> uh, it showed me the art of thinking it's very important how to think uh, mm -hmm. or, or clinical reason to join uh, all the information yeah, and decision making. What, what I do uh, with all those informations, that's very important. Yeah. Uh, the second book, it's a Mulligan books. 
it presents uh, all the simplicity that the techniques are easier than we think. We, the most of the time, we complicate the techniques. <laughs> and the third book, that book advice for all my, my students, a differential diagnosis book for physiotherapists from Goodman Snyder's, if I'm not forgot. Uh, it's a kind of book that opened my mind that the, uh, from those cows older than musculoskeletal. So it's a, it's a kind of book that brings to us, uh, the clinical, eh? the clinical, uh, sources, uh, that goes to the musculoskeletal pain. That's the free books that I use to, to go to see once in a while. Okay, that's that. They're all uh, very good tips. Uh, thank you, Dr. Deberto. Um, second question uh, What would be advice uh, you would give to someone, to a clinician that is, is starting their careers now? Uh, my advice is very, is very simple try to follow what you learn at the, at the college, uh, uh, try to follow um, a good uh, professional. Always uh, try to have a reference to a good professional. Uh, when I started as a physical therapist, I had two persons that I followed. One of what do one of the greatest uh, uh, physical therapists in Brazil. He used to treat me, called Jose Roberto Prado Jr. I learned a lot with him because at that time I had uh, we, we we didn't had any any kind of access of information and he had and we tried to follow him uh, following uh, his approaches of the patient how he assessed the patient and the second person that i followed was palmiro is my friend and uh, what i learned from him uh this studies it's a kind of it's a kind of physical therapist that always reads one paper each day each day he reads one kind of paper. So uh, if I if I if I join these those guys, yeah, I I start my my professional life. So study, uh, working a lot, yeah, and uh, try to to do courses. Of course, uh, as I I said, I never took a course just because the name of the course. I took a course because I achieved a point when I, I was treating the patient that I couldn't treat the patient. So I, I, I felt the necessity to, to, to have more information, more, uh, more tools to help the patient. That's, that's what I, I, I did along my career. That's, that's my advice for whom is, is starting the physical therapist nowadays. Yeah, that's, that's great. So. We should be around people that we look up to, that we know that, that they do a good job and, and being around these people help us, they inspire us to be better and to yeah. learn from them. So I think that's important. Be close and be always, uh, as you said, following these people, uh, that you admire, that you look up to, follow their steps and, and try to learn from them to become better. So you, you see what they are doing, that why they are so good. Uh, I'm yeah. going to try to do the same. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, I know Palmeiro as well, and he's always studying. He's always like you, meeting. Do you know José Roberto Prado Júnior? Yeah, you I know? heard about, I heard about him. So being around these people that inspires, I think that's uh, gr great because you you are trying to do something to become one day one day like them. So um, that moves us, makes us uh, uh, better, and of course, being always seeking for knowledge, seeking for courses trying to improve your skills and your abilities so i think that's all very very valuable there is there is a i don't know what you call the right name uh tell me tell me uh whom you are you 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 are né? tell me uh -huh. who you are i know who you are <laughs> I, I, I and i'll tell you yeah I, i know what you're trying to say i don't know in english but it's like tell me uh with who you are and i'll tell you Uh, I don't know how to, to translate that, but it's <laughs> like you, you become, uh, they say something here, like you become uh, like the, the five people that you are most with, around with. Ah, so you kind of like that, that these persons that are close to you, that are around you, they kind of uh, change the way you are. You become a little more like them with the people that yes. you that you have the most contact. So uh, be around people that are good. You're going to become good, right? Yes. That's Summarize, that's summarizing that's everything. That's what we're trying to say. Uh, right. Be around good people. You're going to, the chances are you're going to become a little bit more like them. Yes, uh, good, good. <laughs> Better. <laughs> uh, and the last question. What do you think is, important to become a successful physical therapist so what do you think that sets apart successful physical therapists from those who are not uh, i think i i've talked ab about a little bit the last question mm -hmm. but uh, success for me is two words dedication and determination i used to have to use the brian's mulligan's uh, words or phrase He always put the ends of his lectures, uh, the phrase, never give up, never give up. So what's success? It's simple. Do the best you can, learn, improve. That's it. If you study, work well, learn from your mistakes, and through your mistakes, you correct yourself, not seeing the error as a defeat, but as improvement, then you'll be successful. But the most important word, Mariana, is love. Do everything with your heart. That's what I say for success. That's a nice thought, and I, I, I do agree don't with be, you. Don't be a mechanic. Don't be a robot. Yeah, yeah, don't. Be a, be a human being. Use your heart. You treat everybody, everybody. Yeah, do do what you love, and then you're going to be good at you, what you do, right? Yes, and then yeah. success is just a consequence. Success is just a consequence of what you do. Okay, mm -hmm. I see. I see. I see some friends that uh, always talk about. Uh, ah, I have. Uh, I have to have uh, to earn. Uh, let's let's say ten thousand ten thousand reais uh, this month. Uh, when you think about money, only about money, it's, money is a, it's a kind of energy, right? It's a kind of energy. Mm -hmm. If you think only for, uh, by money, you don't treat the patient correct. 
Of course not. But if you if you go treat the patients and uh, you have your value, you, you you can you can charge whatever you want. So money is just a consequence, and success is a is a consequence also. That's yeah. that's what, what I think about that. I think the most important thing is caring about the person that is in front of you and trying to truly understand them, listen to them, and and try to help them with our the best of our abilities and skills. Yeah. And and so I think the key is caring about the others and and trying to help and being passionate about what you do. People feel that people know that you are truly. Um, caring and and trying to help them with the best of your ability so i think that makes the whole difference and also your results so uh when you do what you love and you you are always trying to be a better therapist and the patients know that they feel that and then money is just just a consequence as you said so it's a it's a kind of relationship <laughs> if you if you are if you are in a in a, in a clinic with your, your patient there are two, two, two persons, it's a relationship. Então, yeah. each one will feel how yeah. you, you're in that moment. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, we reached the end, Dr. Edoberto. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talking to me today. Uh, I know it, it's hard to do this in another language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do it as, as well. Our first language is, is Portuguese. So I know um, since the beginning when you start talking, you were always like, oh, that's a, like a huge challenge, but um, I like challenges. Let's go. I'm going to try. I'm going to practice. Yeah. And I appreciate all your dedication and uh, your love for our profession and you being here to share that with us. Um, uh, I'm sure we learn all a lot about it you have like this great experience and be willing to share that with us uh, i really appreciate um i can thank thank you enough for all your uh, dedication to to this episode and uh for people that want to know more about your work where they can find more information about you well, uh, first, I, I would uh, like to thank you for the invitation. It was for me really a, a, a barrier to, to, to pass away this, this barrier. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I could have a chance to talk more about what I know because, unfortunately, uh, uh, it's really the language it's yeah. it's a block for me yeah it <laughs> but, stops us from yeah, yes. expressing I, 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 exactly what we want yes, right to I have could, the right words yeah, I, I could i could i could say more than uh, what i know about nathan about my my career but i think i i i pass i, I try to to tell or to talk uh, the main the main points of the maintenance concept well uh, we have uh, we have my instagram Edalberto.marcus. Uh, I have on YouTube, uh, YouTube some videos that uh, I talk about the vagus nerve. I'm, I'm developing a, a, for me, is a very important, a very important study for vagus. A, 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 the clinical importance or the application of the vagus nerves in the, in the physical therapies. 
and uh, I'm developing some techniques to to treat the patient. Yeah? So I have uh, a lot of research about that, uh, mainly, mainly um, uh, of course, American research for uh, stimulation for nerve valves. So I, I got some uh, important points of those articles and try to, to unify those ideas and I'm developing my own idea about, about nerve valves. And uh, we have in Brazil uh, a site called Head and Neck Physical Therapy. It's a group of five physical therapists that uh, we are developing uh, uh, a protocol, a new protocol for treatment headaches in Brazil. So I'm open to ask any question. Uh, if you, any call, American colleague wish, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy, I'll be happy to, to, to help anything I could. Okay. Good. So you have a lot of great research coming up and big projects, new projects are being following you on the head and neck. Uh, they send a new article every day. Uh, so it's, it's very nice that what the project you're doing. And I think it's a very niche area headaches that we don't, we don't talk a lot about. So, um, and it's a big population that suffers from headaches. So yes. I think that's very uh, interesting. And also your research about the vagus nerve. So people, if people are interested in learning more about that and talking to you about that, I'm going to put all the information on the show notes so people can reach out to you if they want to ask you anything or talk to you. So they, uh, I'll happy. put all the. Yeah, I'm happy to, to, to help any problem. I'll leave you my my registration. You you can put down right down. Good, okay. good. So um, so I really appreciate it again, Dr. Edoberto. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Okay, thank you, Mariana. Nice to see you. Questions, suggestions, or topics you want to hear about? Talk to me on ptprotalk.com. Join our email list to receive updates and new episodes, and subscribe here. Tell your friends about it and be sure to share. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. We are going to publish today's video recording on my YouTube channel, so you can check the link out in the show notes. Thanks for joining us and I'll see you next time.